Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, welcome into That's Your Opinion with Stick and Smoot, a Cy Fenwick production. Who, what? We've, we've deemed him Amish and everything else. Yeah. Sitting bull. He's got more names than. A lot of kids uh, in different countries. <laughs> so welcome in, uh, Chick Hernandez, Fred Smoot, Cy Fenwick, and uh, we've just finished Super Bowl week. Uh, is there any, by the way, question now, Fred, as to who the greatest football player of all time is? Or is that still up for question? Uh, he's the greatest winner of all time. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I can't say he's the greatest football player of all time because it's hard. It's too much of a team sport. It takes right. 11 at a time. To say who's the best, I, if I say uh, Bo Jackson is the best football player, he ain't Bo Jackson without the offensive line. So that makes this the best offensive yeah. line of all time. And Brady so has just, more than an eleven because he has the refs. Uh, but it really? doesn't matter. But he's not the best really? football player. He's the best quarterback and the best winner of all time. He was that before Sunday. He was that before the game. Why is Amish bitching about the refs, for gosh sakes? Give the guy his due. By the way, did you see I the do. video today? Did you see the video today at the parade? parade? Tom Brady, drunk. Hey, he I love it. Wasn't that great? Hey, after you eat all those kale, drink all those kale shakes, you got to understand this. If the man needs to let loose, he going to let loose on that day. He Think about this. How many parades have Tom Brady been a part of? He had more well, parades than Macy's, okay? This guy just constantly ends up at the parade. Uh, seven parades for Tom Brady uh, at the National Football League level. The video is great. He gets off the boat, and he is swaying. Somebody tried to say maybe he didn't have his sea legs. No, no, no. That's tequila. That's straight-on tequila. That's, that's James Daniels' fault. That's, that's who that is. That's James Daniels' fault. And you, you, you got to understand, like I said, he deserves that day to let loose if nobody else does. This guy has so many rings. He's through putting them on fingers, and now he just put them on his toes. He's got one more than MJ now. Oh, well, he does have that. Yeah, yes, he but does. I can't compare basketball. I can't compare basketball to football. You just can't do it. Um, but the, he was impressive, uh, as he's been his, most of his career, uh, and the defense that Todd Bowles put together uh, going against Pat Mahomes. I just thought, I mean, they literally – showed looks that were normal and then dropped back the two defensive tackles and sent the corners. And he's like, in this point, Mahomes is like, all right, where is this coming from? And he's just running for his life. No, I think it was more or less what they did was, you remember when Tom Brady lost against the Giants? They had a four-man front with Strahan, O.C. Yumura, and, and Justin Tuck, where you didn't have to blitz. And when you don't have to blitz, you get to drop eight. Uh, you get to drop seven. You get to do right. some multiple things right there. And once I understood that the offensive tackles for Kansas City wasn't playing, that shows you why it's the ultimate team game. Pat Mahomes is, is not the greatest thrower of the ball I've ever seen, one of the greatest. You can't do anything with that offensive line. That shows you you can't yeah. quantify who's the best player because if you want to make Pat Mahomes look uh, mortal, make him look regular, put him out there with a regular offensive line. And that's what you get. One team was healthy. One team was not, and we saw what happened when they won. He made some throws under duress uh, that I just, you know, one one where he was vertical or horizontal and still got it 35 yards down the field. That was kind of sickening. Um, but, I, it, look, major props to Tampa Bay for getting the job done. They got the title uh, at seven for Mr. Brady. Uh, you know, the better team that night won the game. 
and no referee, you know, don't don't try that, uh, Amish. It was an impressive, uh, both offensively and defensively uh, for Tampa. Uh, and now you try to go back and repeat, which that'll be the next question. But the big news in Washington, D.C., boy, the quarterback situation's all settled now. Taylor Heineke <laughs> signed for two years, an extension. My Lord, Fred, $8.75 million for two years. My man's played one game and a quarter for this mm. franchise. Last call for alcohol. Give me a Heineken. Uh, at the end of the day, think about this, chick. Think about this. Brady had to beat to win his Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees. He also had to beat uh, Aaron Rodgers. These are yeah. all MVPs. And that one guy without an MVP is Tyler Heineken. And he played the best game out of all of them versus Brady. If you look at this playoff run by Tampa, the only time they got close to losing was here in Washington. Okay? So that yeah. tells you, sometimes believe the sample side. Believe it. Believe it. Because if you can get off the porch and go play a playoff game and play it the way he did, come on. You love Kirk Cousins. You're going off of Kirk Kane. You love Kirk Kane. Right? He can't play like that in the playoffs. He's never played like that in the playoffs. You love Robert Three sticks. Bobby, three sticks, third. He can't play like that in the playoffs. So, yeah, eight million, that's a bargain. It's a, yeah, it's going to be filled with incentives, obviously. Uh, if he starts some games, that's going to bounce the contract up there. But impressive. Uh, and, it you know, we, we talked about Alex Smith could be a movie. This might be a movie, too, by the way. Taylor Heineke <laughs> is literally taking math classes at ODU, gets a phone yeah. call. Hey, man, we're down a quarterback. Can you come? And then ends up starting and playing really well against Tom Brady. I'm looking at the numbers versus Tom Brady. Taylor Heineke, he attempted four more passes than Brady. He completed four more passes than Brady. He was uh, about 70 yards short of Brady. One touchdown, one interception for Taylor Heineke. Uh, and, and again, it was uh, the Washington franchise that pushed uh, Tampa. I just, it's an amazing story because this guy, and he went back, he still got two classes, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, at ODU to take, but he's now—I mean, a millionaire. I'm looking at it from NFL standards. From a average Joe, he is set yeah. for life. That is a hey, lifetime hey. contract for an average Joe. Hey, listen to me. The great thing about it is, think about how fickle life is and how quick things can happen in the cause and effect. If we would have called Tyler Hunt, he would have came in and something simple like flunking. I mean, like. Uh, not passing a COVID test, he would have been able to play and he would have been $8 million less. Right. Like that just showed you how how life works this fine thing and how things just happen. And once the stars are aligned, I think it's good. And I think he 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 represents what this team is about. Nobody respects this team. Nobody respects him. All right. So therefore I think it's good that underdog approach is what we need. Are you calling him Tyler? I call him Taylor, right? Yeah, hard to hear. I got the earpiece in. Um, Turn your hearing aid up, please, sir. Well, yeah, I got, I got a hearing aid. Wait a minute now. Uh, he no, does get respect. Because I talked to some people at Life Alert, and they say you fell in the tub a couple of days ago, and you pushed your button. What? Your Life Alert. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a damn life alert, damn it. I, and I haven't fallen and can't get up yet. Um, there was there respect, though. Uh, so Tampa's corner, Sean Murphy Bunton, once he mm -hmm. saw 
once he saw the contract that uh, Heineke got, he just he just treated back, quote, respectfully. So he got some some depth there. And Devin White uh, responded to Taylor Button or Murphy Button's tweet with, uh, yeah, he killed y'all's ass because Devin had missed the game uh, and then put some laughing emojis behind it. But, you know, the league, a lot of guys in the league like, that, that guy kind of balled out. It's an exciting story, but it's just one piece of this puzzle. We've got a whole offseason to go, Fred. And and since that last game for the Washington franchise, they've added Martin Mayhew. Uh, they've added uh, Marty Herney in that front yep. office. They've switched some guys in the scouting department. I think they're setting themselves up. But it's the the big question is is quarterback. Uh, is it going to be Alex Smith? Or we just heard uh, here on Wednesday of this week that the, the team has reached out to Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you, who do you like as a good fit? Russell Wilson is complaining about getting hit too much in Not, Seattle. I'm going to say, if Seattle gives us any inkling, any inkling, I love me a Heineken, and I love it cold, but I promise you this, if they give us any inkling that they're ready to send Russell home, all right, to Virginia, all right, yeah. we're fine. We, we, we have to take it. I, and, and not only take him, but extend the three-year, $100 million contract he already has and make it six. Uh, you, just want, you, what you, do. you just want to see Sierra, by the way. All right, so look, our guest is coming up right now. Uh, our first guest of this show, I'm, 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 I'm going to let her come in right now, is a, a friend of you and me. Oh, see, now, this is not fair. Can you hear me? Up. Oh, we What's can going hear on? you fine. What'd you say? <laughs> it's not fair. What? Look. Look, I look like a dork. Fred's got a freaking R shirt on. Cy, our producers, and a thing. And look at you. Look at oh, this is ridiculous. She just looks. Yep, yep. That's what she does. That's yep. what I do. I don't even have no makeup for y'all. I had to put my hair up in this beehive bun. I was no, like, I mean, please. You, I'm up here looking like halfway, like I'm cooking a meal. That's what the hell I look like. <laughs> I'm gonna turn this uh, thing on with this sign. My damn buttons are. Oh, I see what you got. She's got her own lighting show. Look oh, at this. yeah. I just, I just did a podcast. I just did a Is podcast. Right? Me, Roddy, White, couple of us, we had fun. Did she grill you? Uh, always. That don't bother me. I am numb to being grilled. Chick, why don't we have a sign like that? Because <laughs> we're not undefined, Cy. Si. We're not undefined, man. Right. Hey, look, yeah. this sign that I did for my show, when I was getting a quote for one of these lacquer signs, there was this dude in Chicago trying to charge me X amount of money. And I found this dude up the street here about 30 minutes from where I live that was charging six times less than what he did. So Ooh. they did a good, they did a good job. Um, it's so funny how people try to overcharge you. You got to do your research. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause this, this actually won nothing compared to what it should have been. That's <laughs> like the, it's, it's like the Washington franchise getting Taylor Heineke for a little cheap change. Chump yeah, change. There you go. You got, you got to have some, some little uh, backup money, but so yes, yeah, so I want to talk about. So for our listeners, uh, um, so you, you know, and you're, what's really cool about your, your when you research uh, Josina Anderson is she's kept a lot of stuff private. Okay, she doesn't say a whole lot about what's going on in her life. So where are you from? <laughs> yeah, you noticed that. You know, I, that's so funny too because I'm very purposeful as far as not sharing a whole bunch on Instagram. That's kind of like anti how everybody else, you know, a lot of people do it. But I've always been like that. That way, when things change. People can't glean what's happening if they notice that something has changed, if it mostly just stays about your dog and a couple things that you exercise about or whatever, right? But I'm from Washington, D.C. Y'all know that. Y'all keep the city down for me in the DMV love. 
So I came up on, you know, what the team was called, and you know, originally, obviously, it's sure. the Washington football team now. And so I'm DMV through and through, went to North Carolina, ran track there, was a D1. You know, I'm always obnoxious in March during March Madness, not as much the last couple of years. I can't brag as much as I want to. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. But, but we still mention the banners in the rafters, so whatever. Oh, whatever. And, um, and, you know, obviously been a journalist for over 15 years. Um, yeah, you know what? I feel like she, this is what you don't know. When I got out here as a rookie, she actually did a cover story on me, so I can say I helped boost the career of one <laughs> No, what boost the career is your mustard color hoopty, no, which was actually girl. what I was more focusing on <laughs> than it was actually you. And now that you actually mention it, this is a perfect segue to mention Sekou Smith who just, you know, mm -hmm. recently departed, right. obviously yeah. rest in peace. But he was the one who was working in Mississippi at the time yeah. and helped me, you know, kind of finagle myself around Mississippi. That was my first road feature was doing, really? was doing a story on Fred Smoot, Mississippi. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You, and Seiku yeah. covered me in high school. Seiku covered me in high school. Like, so all the trash I was talking in high school and college, Seiku spewed it out to the world. So that's how me and him came so close. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you you can get lost in Mississippi now. So you guys, I'm mean, you it's good to have oh. somebody that had just yeah. And not just lost, but lost in the wrong corners. And you know, I'm not trying to get lost in the wrong corners in oh. Mississippi. Oh, oh, oh yes, sir. Uh, hey, they'll have your sharecropping again. Sharecropping <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doing something with cotton. Something. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're keeping oh, it real check. Sorry. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know, I know. Um one last one last thing. Was it Blair High School? Yes. Okay, so for those who don't understand, we went to the same high school, just in very different years. Mm -hmm. um, I got out long before she did. I think you went to school with my sister, by the way, Shelly. Yeah? I think you okay. did. Okay. I think you did. Back, um, in the, back in the day, Blair Blazer, rocking the, rocking the red and gray. Mm -hmm. that's, no, no red and gray. What's yeah, the, isn't gray? What's, I've been what's saying with you? When I was in the school and we were running track, the outfits were red and gray. They were red and gray? Okay. That's my no, red, black, and white, but my, my, my sweats and my windbreakers were red and gray. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, what was your and you were, she was a track star, track athlete, went to UNC. What was your specialty? Uh, in college, I ran the four and the eight. You know, when I was in high school, I ran the one and the two. Um, you know, obviously, the higher you go, the more competitive the field is. Um, you know, but I was good enough to hold my own. And I think what I realized about track is that, you know, your body, you're born with what your threshold is going to be, even at your max peak condition. And once I realized that I can't only, I can only get as good as my DNA lets me, I was like, eh, why am I doing this? This, this is too much work. <laughs> so I stopped oh, no. after college. That was it, you know. Hey, you're totally right about that. I totally understand you on that. Now, I got to ask you, Joe, though, I know you've been mm -hmm. keeping up. We're still with the Washington football team. Of course, we just signed Tyler Heineke. All the moves we've made in the front office, all the female coaches we have done it with Julie Anderson, I mean, uh, Julie Donaldson and all that. How do you, what direction do you feel that we're going in Washington? Well, I think uh, the owner um, got what he paid for and Ron Rivera in terms of, um, you know, changing the centerpiece of leadership in the organization through what he just brings with, um, you know, his character and what he stands for 
um, especially all of the headlines that uh, the Washington football team has had to navigate. Uh, certainly um, his stature, his reputation helped to repel a lot of that just by having him be the front face of that. So Daniel Snyder got his money worth in that from that standpoint. And luckily for the team, the way the season went, it all mm. kind of bow tied at the end for the team in terms of uh, representing the NFCs going into the playoffs and, you know, having a formidable showing, you know, even in that game against, you know, the Buccaneers, um, despite having to go through all those injuries at quarterback. And I can see why the organization has this confidence about, man, if we just make these adjustments at the quarterback position, when we have this defense and all these first rounders, especially on the front line, what we could potentially be, but the way that the quarterback market is playing out, it's interesting to see who, you know, can they get at this point and not who they could get at this point, but what would you have to give up in return that still mm -hmm. makes it what you want to do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you say give up, that's what I'm talking about. When we had, the, they, they talked to Deshaun Watson trade. I've heard Montez Sweat come up in it. I ain't giving up my sweaty key. I, I won't sweat right here where I'm at. All right. Now, out of, out of those picks and out of those players who I'm willing to part with would be somebody that's ranked real high at their position, but I also got another one of those. And that is Deron Payne. He's that chess piece. He's a, a, a former first rounder. He's ranked like number two or number three when it comes to the tackle. So that's just like adding another first round pick to somebody for like, let's say, Russell Wilson. All right, so if you bring somebody like Russell Wilson, in fact, I will literally give him up because guess what? Matt Ioannidis two years ago was the best defensive lineman on this team. And he didn't even play last year. Well, a couple things. So let's go, let's unpack a couple of things that you said. So with Russell Wilson, um, and obviously we know with free agency, as you know, as a former player, everything is fluid. But as of what I heard today, they're not trading him. Um, things can mm -hmm. change. We'll see what people offer. You know, you offer someone a couple cherries, a couple apple pies, and, you know, maybe something different. <laughs> but as of today, as I'm speaking, that's not the case. Um, you said you don't want to have to give up Montez Sweat, you know, maybe a piece like Deron Payne. The thing about it is all of that is difficult because even when you use the 49ers um, as an example, you remember John Lynch and those boys at the time, Martin Mayhew was with San Francisco, had to make a decision about what they were doing with their defensive line after coming off of a Super Bowl. And ultimately, they were comfortable letting go of DeForest Buckner, who went to the mm -hmm. Colts and they kept Eric Armstead. And, you know, you can have a conversation about how you feel like that impacted their defensive line or not, because ultimately they had a lot of injuries too, um, you know, losing boats and stuff like that. But I can, you know, I would think that a team would want a pass rusher uh, if you're mm -hmm. having a quarterback of the caliber in that realm, although I don't think as of right now, Russell Wilson would go. And as I, you know, continue to say, when I have my conversations with people in Houston, you know, my constant reminder is franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. Tom mm -hmm. Brady again, just underline that again for the Super Bowl. So mm -hmm. I don't know who's out there that you're going to get and then what you would have to give up, you know, for that, that makes it worth it. I got somebody and you ain't got to give up nothing for it. So, Marcus Mariota. I think he's ready to start again. Really? I think he's finally mentally, he's went to Gruden's quarterback school. He's learned how, like, the only thing he was missing was being fearless. He can throw the ball. He can run. I think he's one of those guys He's going to be better after sitting on the bench than before. So do you like Marcus better than Tyrod Taylor? 
Yes, I like Marcus Mariota. I, I see more upside. I know what Tyrod Taylor is. Marcus Mariota still, I like. I still feel like he's growing. How do you as a see player. more upside with Smoot, Marcus? All right, you have to know. Tyrod is. Huh? Smoot is a Tyrod hater because I've brought up Tyrod Taylor multiple times through this past season, and Smoot does not like Tyrod Taylor. No, no, no. Oh I love Tyrod. He's a great person, but I'm talking about moving my moving my team forward. Marcus Mariota feels like to me more of like, if he can catch his foot and he can get going, he could be your quarterback for the next eight to nine years. Tyrod, but you still haven't given me a substantive answer as to why you don't feel that way about Tyrod, because to me, the only difference about Tyrod is that he's had a bunch of unfortunate circumstances where he hasn't, you know, really outside of being in Buffalo, you -hmm. know, going to Cleveland. And then after that, the Chargers, where you didn't really get to fully, you know, see that manifest. And to some degree, I mean, Marcus has been on the sideline, too. So I'm just trying to figure out where you get this, you know, lovey-dovey feeling from Marcus as compared to the Tyrod, especially recently. Tyrod, I know what player he is. I have dissected him as a quarterback. Basically, and I hate to say this, he the black Todd Collins, a.k.a. the Chief. Oh, what the hell? Yes, I said it. I said it. I I said it. He's a stopgap, fill-in quarterback. He's not five years worth of quarterbacking. Hmm. Mm. And so, what about like a Sam Darnold or somebody like that? I, I think or Carson Wentz. I'm just curious. I'm not. This is not advocacy. I'm just asking. I think Carson Wentz should go to the coach. That's the coach who brought out the best in him. I think Sam Darnold, best football is in front of him. He just had got a guy's the worst offensive guru I've ever seen in my life. I think he still has a lot of football left in him. Like it's some guys, you can tell that it's circumstances only. And with what I see with Tyrod is a totally great A one backup. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know, you know he, how he described him. You know, when you go to a party and uh, you're like the wingman, and and you go to a party. Yeah, I got this hot looking girl. What, what what about her friend? Well, she's nice. That's what you just said about Tyrod. But yeah. But you know what I feel like is that I I also have to look at the teams that currently have these quarterbacks and what incentive is there for outside of obviously the compensation package for the Raiders to give Marcus Mariota to the Washington football team from the standpoint of this, that obviously, yes, you can get stuff in return, but if Derek Carr were to get injured, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole point is to have a great, you know, backup to be able to step in and, you know, just like what Chris Rock said, in case ish happens, that's the whole point. They're there (laughs) for insurance. So why are you giving that up? (laughs) Hey, sometimes I drive without insurance. At the end of the day, if we give him a third or fourth round pick for Marcus Mariota, they're taking it because they all about draft capital. And that's what it's about. Like you can yeah. draft that quarterback. What's the quarterback that they got from Buffalo? The worst quarterback of no, all time. No, it's not all. What about Buffalo? What? The the quarterback that played a couple of years ago. He's on the roster too at Oakland right now. Oh, uh, you, you know the guy I'm talking that's about. That's how good he was. We forgot his name. No, he's terrible. Like he yeah. goes down as the all time most terrible quarterback. But what Awful. I'm saying is. When you can oh, get something, I know you're talking Nathan about. Peterman. Peterman. Yeah. Nathan yeah. Peterman. Listen to me. Nobody has offended the quarterback position like Nathan Peterman. He shows <laughs> you that the regular man on the couch can come out and steal people money playing quarterback. Hey, oh Lord, have mercy! I yeah, hear don't, you. Mm-hmm. don't hate on guys going off the couch, Taylor Heineke. Um, we're talking with Josina Anderson, formerly of ESPN. Um, and you you keep mentioning the fact that you you know the people you talk to, which is where you made your name, which is the breaking stories. So 
take us behind, no specific, but take us behind the art of breaking the story for somebody like you. What does that entail? Um, goodness, that, I mean, that's a, a lot. To unpack. It's months, it's months and sometimes years of work, right? Well, I mean, here, I, I would say in, if you're going back to like Genesis of the Bible with it, right? It, okay. you know, you start off covering one team, which, you know, for me at the time was the Denver Broncos. And how you mushroom the contacts is that those people that you're talking to eventually go to other teams. And that's kind of how it started. <laughs> and then, you know, you start and then you start covering other teams. And then there was a point where I made a focus on not covering the home locker room so much, but going to the visiting locker room so oh. that I could make more contacts across the league. So there was like a point where I was just like, you know, when I was in Denver, I would try to go to the other locker rooms more and, and get, you know, more numbers and, and build more contacts. And then some, and then also one of the things that would be is that this is in the beginning, I don't do this now, but in the beginning, I would look at media guides and look at people's faces and try to guess, especially when I didn't know people as much in the beginning, who I felt like would talk to me just based on oh. the vibe I got from looking at their face. You know, it's kind of like a half thing. <laughs> You know, so I, I felt like I could kind of just look at people and tell who would be the talkers. And so I kind of targeted those people. Um, but then I think over time, as you begin to, you know, make your contact and people, you know, know who you are or whatever, I think it's, it's two things. It's one of them is maintaining contact with people all the time and not just calling them when you need stuff. Like sometimes I'm right. just on the phone. I was just talking to a player from the Seahawks this morning. I'm just checking in free agencies and I started, but you know, I'm starting to do as I do start checking in with people and it's not, I don't need nothing now. You good. All right. We good. Make sure, you know, da, 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 da. so you're just doing that. How's the family? How's it? Da, da, da. Okay. And you come back around. So there's a lot of that. You constantly on the phone. And also um, I report what 65% of what I know, you know, so a lot of the conversation is not reporting anything. It's just talking and always assuming that the conversation is off the record. And a lot of times right. I go back and tell people, um, like, uh, when we get off the, before we get off the phone, like, is this okay? Can I say this? So there's not right. ever any ambiguity about it, about what's going right. to be reported, Chick. Mm-hmm. Now, I also did my spare time at ESPN, and I had a couple of people that I really enjoyed working with there. I, I enjoyed being loud at Stephen A. Smith, and I really enjoyed uh it just entertaining with him. If I could ask you, who was your favorite person there to work with? Because everybody had people they just click with, and it's effortless once you get on air with this person. Who was fun for you to work with? I mean, well, at the time I was at uh, ESPN and we were doing NFL Live, they don't do it now because it's like the same grouping that they have uh, for each show, but they would have a you know, certain set of people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the people I was working with on NFL Live was um, – uh, Victor Cruz and, you know, my man from the Patriots, um, God, uh, um, Rob Ninkovich. And, you know, we had like, we had a lot of fun, you know, because we're a little more, a little bit similar in age and it's not as, you know, stuffy and, you know, me, like, right. you know, I'm going to talk a certain way, whatever. So I, I had fun, you know, working with the people I was assigned to work with. And I mean, obviously there's a lot of great people out there, but you know, it's always fun too when you can cut up and you have a certain same wavelength with people, and it's not—it's not so serious because at the end of the day, I don't take myself that seriously. Sure. Yeah, me neither. I take life very serious, not myself. <laughs> this, this, this is my motto. 
is taking life serious? What's your motto? No, no, I take life very serious. I don't take myself serious at all. If I took myself serious, I have a hat on like chick looking like somebody. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Uh, just a, hold on a second now. See, I don't have a head shaped like a peanut like you. Oh, I got, wow. Oh, you put a hat on, you look like a, you belong on a short bus. This Boom, is just a Yeah, no, you got to be able no. to feel like yourself. No, no, no. I've, I've had a hat on forever. I've How many hats hat. do you have? Chick wears his hat for this one reason. Because Jesus come down from heaven one time a week and cuts his hair for free. Did you I, see, Smooth, Smooth, did you see the picture that Chick posted with his, like, old school afro, though? He posted uh, that this I, last I, week. I out, like, Wait, let me say something. Back in the day, and that's why, the inside talking about me posting a picture of Drew Pierce who got in the Hall of Fame. By the way, Thank you very much, Hall of Fame, finally, for getting putting Drew in the, in the... That was my guy back in the day, and I had an afro the size of... Like, they had to crop yeah, that out was of my, a massive my junior afro. high picture. No, it, it, it was a massive like afro. A full of public hairs. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. JoJo knows, man. You got, it's all about fashion. And speaking of fashion, I just, I'm just i sitting there looking at you, and I, watch, I, I pay attention to what you're doing, as you well know. In Paris, in Paris, doing fashion stuff? What the hell? Yeah, no, that was fun uh, last year being able to, um, well, you know, have the network trust me, basically take their money and go overseas and come back with something because they didn't know what I was going to come back with. I mean, they had some idea, but it was definitely no guarantee. And uh, I love, I mean, that was the first time going to France. I love France. I mean, people over there, let me just give you an idea how nice people are over there. So, you know, when you, uh, we all travel, we're in hotels and you get ready. And one of the things you hate about having to leave uh, for a trip is packing up your stuff. Well, I was there for eight weeks and, you know, I was doing a whole bunch of fashion shows. So, you know, I had about two or three outfits per day for all the fashion <sighs> shows. So, you know, my, my, my luggage was like I was coming from Zamunda. And the people were so nice at the hotel that they that the guys behind the desk offered to come in my room. They rolled up their sleeves. I they bet. helped me wash my makeup brushes. They helped me pack and fold my stuff. I was like, they never would do this stuff in America. Like, this is this is what I'm talking about, like offering to be nice. I mean, I, I love France. So that, that's such a great experience. If they did it in America, you would you'd be missing some underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Somebody would have stole some stuff and I would have been chasing somebody with my five inch Louis Vuittons down the street somewhere. <laughs> what is exactly. What is Fred? What is Fred doing? <laughs> no, listen to me, listen to me. We had a technical difficulty. Like I oh, say, okay. friends, I enjoy France. Pretty much I enjoy anywhere. I could go to literally Antarctica and I would throw a party. Ice cold. Ice cold. But you know what? That's Real fun. quick, guys, I'm curious. What do you think is best for on all of y'all? What do you all think is best for Deshaun Watson? I'm just curious. What do you think? Oh, oh, you come home to Washington. Listen to me. Yeah. Tom Brady showed quarterbacks what to do. Find a good defense, a great running game, and a coach that can draw you up some plays, and you can go from last to first. All right? You can go from being a three-piece to a dime piece. It's instantly. Go where it's already working, and you're talking about a team with cap. He got to get out of Tennessee. We've seen too many careers ruined mm -hmm. through loyalty. When a team has no loyalty to you, they can't wait to pay you to cut you. It just happens. At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson needs to come on and move from Houston to the nation's capital. And not think about this. With Deshaun Watson on our team, for the next 10 years, we are the pick in the NFC East. And not, and not only the pick in the NFC East, we are a Super Bowl pick. All right? That's what we are. Young running back. 
number one receiver. We got everything, draft capital, money to spend, and we ain't got no name. That's why I'm, I'm going for the Redwood. And check what I he would, Yeah, I, I, well, I, bottom line is he needs to get out of Houston. That's the bottom line for him. His, his, own, his own psyche uh, and, and being, uh, getting a fresh, brand new start. Because that franchise, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, I just, you know, it, when you, when a quarterback starts to talk, a la Russell Wilson is chirping about getting hit all the time. By the way, three hundred ninety-four sacks—that's a lot in his is it nine years. Um, for Deshaun, uh, he needs to go somewhere else. Where that is, I don't know. Would it be great if Washington got him? It, it would be great. But what are you? As we talked about before, what have they given up? And I don't want to see that defense get plucked a couple players. I, I want what they got right now because they Let can change time. games. Give him Landon Collins. Give him whatever. First we can't tell you so ready to give up Landon Collins. The man been fighting for y'all in the back of the secondary night and tore up his Achilles. He got one Achilles and y'all talking about just give him up in the back of the hey, table. Hey, if I hope Landon hey, not listening to you. I'm hey, guess what? I got family members that do the same thing. I got a crackhead uncle who breaks in our house and the only reason he know he's there because he see our picture. They don't <laughs> stop him from stealing. At the end of the day, he it, Landon Collins is around here stealing, all right? And that's what it is. He ain't playing. Wow. I'm just telling you, he hasn't been good as a safety. He like they already talking about moving him to linebacker next year because Cameron Curl playing Pro Bowl ball, and yes, we got is. him in the fourth round. All right, last question for JoJo. Um, you got your show Undefined with Josina Anderson. Um, you've been doing that for how long, and what's been the best part of it? Because it's different than what you've been doing on the network level. Um, so it's only been like four months. I think I started it week four this past season. Uh, the best part of it is being able to just, uh, do what I want. Um, when I want, um, mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing what someone else wants for over 15 years. So just having the experience to kind of uh, stretch your legs like that, you know, creatively. Um, but obviously the, the flip side about it is I found out it's a lot of work. It was a lot of, you know, time to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's difficult, but I think ultimately the the red line is is that it's always good to birth something on your own um, and to make something from scratch. There's always a level of satisfaction with that. Well, that's what we're doing. I, I with, gotta, uh, we got to talk some wizards for you, leave out of here too. I ain't gonna let you lose like okay. that. I ain't gonna let you. Now, I've always is there anything to talk about with them? Are they still in the league? Yeah. First of all, they got the worst name in sports. Next, I always said this. I always said John Wall and Russell Westbrook was the same player. All right? And I always said you cannot win. Like, basically, they are the same player. One just get more rebounds. All right? Russell does. They're they they they're not effective from the outside when it comes to shooting. They depend on athletic ability to get to the hole. All right? But they will assist the ball. All right? Now, Bradley Beal has shown that he's a frontier player. Not second tier. Frontier player. What player? Compared to who? Huh? Compared Ooh. to other frontier players in the NBA, he's a frontier player? Yeah, compared to who not. I would take Bradley Beal over a lot of players. I would take – I love Kyrie to death. I'll take Bradley Beal. All right? I love Ben Simmons to death. I love Ben Simmons to death. I'll take Bradley Beal. I'm kind of more of a hashtag free Bradley girl. I think, you know, John Wall was able to kind of get out of there and experience – if you talk about – Thank you, Sean. I mean, you know, I would like to see Bradley have another opportunity. It, it's hard. You know, I, obviously, I grew up with Washington sports, Wizards, Terrapins, you know, all these other names, Hoyas, you know, Washington football team, other name, you know, whatever. 
And, you know, being successful in Washington, some of these athletes that you looked at that have come through here, going even back to Kwame Brown, Robert Griffin, you know, just recently, Dwayne Haskins, you know, there hasn't been a lot of um, luck in Washington, I would say. <laughs> what? Are you serious? There's something in the water. We got a district of champions. We just had four parades in the last, what, uh, 10 years? Ever since you left D.C., JoJo, <laughs> you have bad luck. So you say, well, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what championship are you talking about? What, what, what did I miss? Who won the championship? We, had, we, had we got the national, the capital. Uh, maybe, yeah, we wasn't even talking about them sports. You introduced yourself to me. You're like, we're the champions of ping pong. Like, what are you talking about? Okay, we done sports and what we weren't even talking about. Okay. Uh, don't forget about the Mystics. All right, we're winning championships around here. Okay, so the actual sports that we've been discussing on this show, I'm talking mm -hmm. about, you know, there hasn't yes. been much luck. <laughs> We on that way, but don't brand us with Bobby Three Sticks. Robert Griffin was his own worst enemy. I came on your X Network ESPN and told them he stinks. Nobody wanted to believe me at the time. Sometimes you gotta understand he you stinks. can only go as far as your athletes will take you. Okay, and so you don't put any of that on this utilization and the, the coaching staff that was no, there. No, 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 not one part of that was on them. No, he went to the Pro Bowl as a rookie playing like Robert Griffin. He came back the next year and said, I want to be a pocket passer. Well, you're right. not a pocket passer. Well, I'll show you. It showed him now that he a cut back up. That's what it showed him. At the end of the day, the one thing I know about football, it will undress you. The real you will show yourself. Jojo, thank you so much. Wait, for your I have one last question. I have one last question. Hey, I really? got to chime in here. Yeah, well, so here, I, I grew up a I Ravens guess. fan. We got so somebody waiting, by the way. I know. I just want one last quick question, which is more likely. Do you think that Orlando Brown Jr. will be traded or he'll be back as a Raven oh, next year? It's a Ravens question. Yeah, I have to. I can't help. I can't help I'm, myself. I'm bringing, in, I'm bringing in Sean right now. Screw this. Well, you know, it's funny Go because I, I did ask my source that I haven't got back the information on that. And I think it's because this uh, they know that I was asking something else that they haven't got back to me on. I fully expect to have an answer on that by tomorrow. Um, if you were if um, I were guessing, I think the answer to any of those questions is always, you know, what are you getting in return? If the compensation looks like something that they are, you know, willing to make a move on, they will. If they have an eye on someone in college, um, it, it was interesting because I was just talking to someone, you know, um, uh, well, let me try not to. I was talking to an important league source <laughs> and, um, you know, just oh. hearing about how the combine is you know, just how different it's going to be just in terms of guys just doing medicals this year, no on field stuff, just reporting to just do medicals. So, you know, the evaluation of the, uh, the college prospects coming in this year is just going to have a real big effect on free agency because you're not going to be able to look at them the same way you used to. Yep, it is. Yeah. It's going right. to change the process. They got to make their yep. money this year. Them scouts got to make their money this year. <laughs> right. Justina's on her way out. You want to say hi to Sean Merriman, Justina? Where is Sean? Oh, hey, Sean. How are you? What's going on? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Long time, long time, man. I, I know. I know. How's you everything? Know, you, you the uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 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 I'm my stomach muscles, you know, doing your thing. My shirt's on. Like, ah, ah, that's what I think about. When I that's how you know what's what up? you did was iconic, right? Yeah. Everything, everything good with you? Yeah, I'm gravy, man. Just getting ready to put a salmon on the, um, you know, frying pan. Ooh. Little crispy yeah. salmon, some pearl couscous, you know, a little. That's what I'm talking nice. about. Get y'all taste buds watering on my way out. 
Thanks so much. I appreciate y'all. Namaste. Go, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. My, All right. Bye. My fellow Talk blazer. All right, my fellow bye. blazer. Uh, all right, so as you can tell uh, video-wise, and if you haven't heard the voice, there is Sean Merriman joins us now uh, from on the West Coast, I believe, Mr. Merriman? I am, I am, L.A. right now. L.A., so I just, so for those who don't know, and we just said goodbye to JoJo who went to my high school. She was years after me. Uh, go on, glow, Shit, just go on, glow. <laughs> just go on, glow about the fact that he a turf. I'm going I'm going before that because the first time I met him, he was at Frederick Douglass High School in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. By the way, I think uh, Mr. Douglas is still alive, according to our 45th president. Um, uh, so the first time I saw Sean was with the Washington Post High School Sports Show. We did a nice feature. Mark Thomas was the producer. And I'm like, Mark comes into the office. And he goes, I got this feature on this guy. I'm like, what? What? And he just the tape in. And, you know, Smoot. There's guys in, in the uh, when you look at a film and you just your eyes go, huh? And that was it. it yeah, was sometimes just, you just know. Sometimes you just know. Some guys just know. Yeah. yeah. He was just bigger than everybody else. And you could hear the grunt even on the film that had no audio. You could hear him grunting as he was chewing up people. Uh Sean, man, it's good to see you lights out. Uh you are doing, I mean, I'm not sure who's doing more as far as former Terps go. Uh Sean Merriman or uh, Vernon Davis. I they're doing they're acting. They're doing commercials. Yeah. They got product. Hello. What the hell? So, Sean, fill us in on what's going on with you right now. You know, Vern is still competing me. He still ain't. He still ain't beating me yet. So, I'm sure he's. Uh, uh, you know, now Vernon. Vernon is. Um, you know, it's funny. I always knew that he was going to. You know, kind of be an actor. We was talking about it towards the end of his career. We talked about it a long time ago because Vernon's always been like very skilled, right? You know, he was a you know a artist and. Yep. He just he just did things that were very skilled. And when he started talking to me about being an actor, I said, man, you got to come out to L.A. Um, and, and coincidentally, uh, one of the guys who I was working with, they teamed up and I was like, OK, cool. You're on the right track. So I'm not surprised to see Vernon, uh, you know, killing it. But uh, for me, you know, I got into the MMA space some time ago yeah. um, back when I was I was training during the office. Well, or let me let me take it back. because You know, you, you talk about PG County and stuff. So my uncle and I had family that are professional boxers. Um, so I grew up in, you know, kind of the boxing in, in PG County when Capitol Heights and Forestville, there was a lot of professional boxers yeah. to come out of there in Washington, D.C., obviously. Um, so I remember going to Sugar Ray Leonard Gym in Palmer Park growing yes. up, uh, round one boxing um, that was in Capitol Heights. So, you know, I've always been around it, but MMA didn't start getting big until like the mid, you know, 2003, 2004, where it kind of really got put on the map. And, you know, fortunately, I got drafted by the Chargers. So, uh, I was asked by Jay Glazer to come and um, work some MMA stuff one day in the gym, even though I was already boxing. And he told me that it would help my hand-eye coordination and kind of opening your hips and being able to turn a corner against those offensive tackles. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll go, you know, I'll go try it out. It's sounded a little crazy. That's perfect. Right up my alley. So I went to go do it and I just fell in love with the sport. Um, and fast forward, you know, I trained for 10 years now, 12 years. Uh, and now, as you see, with lights out, uh, extreme fighting, uh, Fox Sports picked my picked my league up last May. So we've nice. had uh, almost five fights on Fox Sports, and looking to announce a, a couple big names from other sports. So a couple NFL players and rugby uh, players is transitioning into MMA right now. Fred, you oh, want to do that? 
Hey, no, listen. I heard she was doing a bare knuckle, dirty mattress wrestling uh, league out there. I heard a, a, a couple of things, and I and I do know what you're talking about when you're talking about training boxing. Because I used to go to Baltimore in off season and train boxing because that corner is all about hand and eye coordination. That's so, it. And, and, and that's what it's about. Now I have to give y'all some shit. You and Chick, I want to know, Sean. You you crunk like me when it come on the field. How could you with the worst? mascot of all time at Maryland. How did y'all get crunk and say we are turtles? How did y'all motivate y'all to put a mascot sticking like that? Hey, 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 Smoke, the thing is, it depends on how you look at that turtle. Is he like a sea turtle or a snapping turtle? Yes. You get what I'm saying? Like, that, that's what I would tell like, what's y'all mascot? And they're like, it's it's a terrapin. What, you know, what's a terrapin? It's a, it's a snapping turtle. So I always said that because it yes. sounds more vicious than everything else. Uh, and you got, and, and uh, you did you crack some ribs recently? Uh, yeah, yeah, I fractured. I was I was uh, rolling, doing some jujitsu. It flew, you know, just look, man. I I don't have any problem with it because I actually like just being competitive, and I still right. two three days a week, and I'll go and either light spar or I'll have one hard sparring day. And and, and smooth, you know this, man. When you done, you ain't. You know I mean, you done playing football, but you're not really done competing. You you, you need something that's that. going. You you know, mm-hmm. some people. Don't mind going and like me, I'll go and train in MMA and I do combat sports and some people need to go and compete in something else. But once you're a competitor, man, it's really you never really stop wanting to compete in something. But we just can't like we, we're not basketball players and go and play big up, pick up basketball, run it at, um, at, 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 at L.A. Fitness and all these mm-hmm. other places. And we can't do that. We ain't nobody going to play pickup football anymore. So you still mm-hmm. need to go and have that competitive thing, man. So for me, I still – you're right. It's smooth. I almost took a fight. I almost had a fight a couple of years ago in bare-knuckle bare uh, boxing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. That's, that's crazy, no, I, dude. I, I, no, I heard about that. And then my thing about it is what get football players in trouble, I think, we play football so long and we, we get so callous and build such a, a, a threshold for pain that when you go to something like MMA, it, I ain't saying the pain feel good to you, but I don't think it bothers you like it bothers somebody else. It's exactly right. And that's, and, but see, this is my, why I tell former players, listen, you guys, you can come into M- in MMA. I mean, getting hit and stuff. And I don't, you know, you're not supposed to go in and put your hands down and see how many punches you can take to the face. But at the same time, you know, people's biggest fear is is getting hit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get hit. But once you come across mm-hmm. the middle, right, once you're a linebacker leading up on the fullback, yeah. you know, once you're an offensive tackle coming around and pulling on a block and kicking out a DN, you know, a little jab in the face, it, it ain't the worst thing in the world. It really – it's just really not. Yeah. I think that the, our producer, Cy, has a face you could punch. I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, come on, man. Don't don't hit on the Amish. He already rode a horse to work today. Don't hit on the Amish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at you, side. That's all. Just looking at you. And thinking, Thank you. I appreciate that. I, it's good to know um, that I have a punchable face. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, hey, it's si, I would si, I wouldn't do that to you, man. I'm just letting you ah, know. I thank you. I really yeah. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, si, that. He would. He would. He's a fighter, Sai. He, he would do that. No, I'm pretty sure there. one punch from him would probably end my life. So I, I appreciate much. that. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I gotta ask you this too. Because you just missed the perfect window. Right, you played in San Diego, and we all know San Diego is a beautiful place, but it ain't yeah. quite L.A. <laughs> it yeah. ain't quite L.A. And with them Chargers being in L.A., with that young squad, tell me what you see, because uh, Jesse is a true big quarterback. Mm. Uh, I think they got a nice running game. When do you think they'll matriculate and start to take over that division? Because you still got Kansas City in the field. 
Yeah, but, you know, if we just seen, like, Kansas City, they got some flaws, right? I mean, they, they got some holes. And even the last game that they played against the Chargers, they struggled. And I know some of the starters were out or whatever the, the deal was, but they've had some close games. So I, I still do think Patrick Mahomes is probably, you know, top two quarterback in the NFL as far as skill-wise and what he's able to do between him and, you know, him and Aaron Rodgers. But, you know – when you got these matchups of teams, man, and they match up well, they got two great pass rushes with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. They got, uh, you know, the great linebacker corner, Denzel Perryman and the young kid named Kenneth Murray. So even though they, he's, a, he's a great player and they got a great team, it's a great matchup, you know, so they're going to struggle against them for years to come. And Justin Herbert, man, let me tell you, like I, I said, when during the combine, when we was watching and I tweeted out, I said, I don't know who they plan on get, but I wouldn't get anybody else other than Justin Herbert. This is before, this is during the combine. And sure enough, he was around for that, you know, fifth or sixth pick, whatever it was, and they picked him up. I said, watch, watch what he do. Watch it. Cause he, he I played with Phillip, man. And I and I know that a lot of people are gonna gonna say a lot of the stuff about Phillip and this and then no rings and all that other stuff. I love I Phillip. Phillip, my guy. Phillip, my guy. And, and you know what, man? That, that he was my—he wasn't my guy when he was at NC State when I was at Maryland, and I hated him. I man, I, let me tell you, hey, smooth. I hated, I hated Phil because I seen him he on film. And he, he was so talking, shit, man. Son. He was talking, and you don't know because you watch when we watch the film, it's silent, right? You can't hear anything, so, but right. you just see this head doing that. And he's pointing. I said, man, we play them watch, and I end up playing with him, and I said, man, this is the most competitive guy I ever played with ever. He wants to win on the field, off the field. Y'all could be playing dominoes or cards in, in, in the locker room. You could be at the lunch table flipping quarters. It didn't matter, man. Weight room. He just never stopped challenging you and never wanted to stop going back and forth. Uh, so Justin Herbert, man, he got a chance, in my mm-hmm. opinion, to to be that guy for the next five or ten years in that organization. What kind of trash did Philip Rivers talk? Because as a fan, like Ooh. I feel like among fans – Everybody kind of views Philip Rivers as like a polite trash talker. Like it was I'm, like I'm a cornerback. I'm a cornerback. So he's talking to us most of the time. It's us in the linebackers. Yep. Us the linebackers in the safety. He's gonna try to get you off your game, but you know, I come in, I'm talking trash first. Does he you cuss? No, yeah, no, he don't cuss. He don't cuss. He'll say Dak Yarmit or something. He like Coach Gibbs when it comes to it. <laughs> he never um, cursed. No, no, no amazing. Not once. Not I once, not, and I, I slung all kind of uh, uh, cuss words at him. He wouldn't cuss back, but he gonna talk some trash, and he'll let you know I'm gonna come at you. I'm coming at you this yeah, way, not he this will. way, this one. Well, then, Sean, did it piss you off more that he didn't curse? That you could, you were feeling stuff at him, and he's like, "Oh gosh darn!" And then he shoots something back at you without cursing. No, you know what, man? I got so used to it, right? Because you know we'll have these days in practice. Um, so when Marty Schottenheimer was there, it was more of a defensive minded, how everything we did, right? Practice was ran defense, mm-hmm. everything, the, the attitude, they had a defensive feel to it in the locker room on the field, just our defense attitude. And when North came in, it was kind of switched to more of a offensive mentality. So when, when, when Marty was there and the defense was kicking the, the, the offense ass, it was, it was great, right? It was great, probably good looking good. When North came there and the defense, it was like, nah, this was bad. We, we can't have this, right? <laughs> and so a few times out, and I, this is the one time I thought I almost made Phillip curse. Cromartie came and picked Phillip off. And we already, we batting the ball down at the line of scrimmage. We talking trash to him. We had a couple periods, started over. And then the final straw was Cromartie came and picked 
uh, Antonio Cromartie came and picked up, picked him off, and I ran up the field and I smacked him on his head, smacked him on his butt, and said, "That's another one." And I thought right there that he was going to rip one, but he never did. And that's when I knew I could never get him to curse ever. Right. <laughs> Listen, uh, and you brought up the name. It's the reason I I called you up because I wanted to have you on. You both have played for Marty Schottenheimer, yep. who we lost uh, this past week. So I'll start with you, Sean. Um, look, you won uh, Defensive uh, Player of the Year under him. Um, yep. Just. Give me your thoughts on on your dealings with Marty Schott. And we we had him here in Washington for one season. There was a lot of tears, and then he was gone because the owner screwed that one up. Yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on on Marty Schottenheimer. You you know, um, Chick. One one thing about one thing about Marty. He uh, I got I got fortunate, right? I got lucky to come in because I see some guys get drafted to teams with bad coaches, bad organizations. You walk into a losing environment. And then you kind of got to, you get used to that without even knowing you get used to it, right? So you walk in and you got Marty Schottenheimer who can give you a speech to literally make you run through a wall, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about he can yep. get you to run through a wall and he used to get so emotional with his speeches that um, he would start to tear up. He would he would cry or get emotional. All the time, yep. All the time. So we, we used to have these bets. We used to have these bets going on how long it was going to take him to go and cry. <laughs> so, you know, guys got 20s, 50s, 100s in the team, in the team meeting room. So we were sitting around and all you all you hear is over under a minute. Now I got it, a minute 20, he going he gonna to cry, right? Well, he going to, you know, that bottom lip starts to tremble and you know it's coming. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, one, one thing I just I, I learned with him, man, it's uh, everything was was from his heart. Like you got some coaches trying to sell you these dreams to tell you yeah. uh, certain things. Whatever Marty said to you, he meant it. He meant it. And um, that's rare in this business because, you know, everybody's trying to kind of save themselves or save their job and tell you what you want to hear. But go upstairs to the front office and say something else. And that's mm-hmm. just never happened with Marty, man. And I and I was close with him and his uh and his family, Pat and everybody, all the way up to the time where he, you know, kind of took a turn for the worst. And I would just hit him up and hit, you know, hit Miss Schottenheimer up and just check on him. He's, he was down in his house in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was, it was sad to kind of watch him go through that because it was, you know, sometimes he would remember, especially early on, he would remember everything. And just sometimes he, he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he might ask you for something 10 years ago, but he might be able to leave the room and come back. And, and, and so you saw the, um, the decline and digression there at that time. But man, I loved him. I loved him because I, I was fortunate enough to come in there and, and play for him. Yep, most and definitely. Fred? He drafted me. The, the first voice I ever heard in the NFL was really? Marty Because when you get that call on draft day, it's usually the head coach and the owner. So the first person I, I talked to was Marty. He was like ready to be a, a Washington football player. I'm like, yeah, I don't care where I'm playing at. We can go to Timbuktu. I don't care as long as we play football. So the first voice I heard, and he had this thing, usually coaches are either or. Usually coaches are a disciplinarian. Or usually they have a granddaddy effect on you. Or usually they somebody that can motivate you to run through a brick wall. Well, Marty was all of them. Like, he would cry on your shoulder and find you $5,000 the next day. Like, so when I say one of those guys where he's a total disciplinarian, but he's very approachable, you can talk to him, and he's a he's a character builder. Some coaches just want to get you in the building, get you out the building. He, he want to build a person up. And then when he told me when I first came in, I was talking and all the vets was like, oh, I didn't lie my way. He like, keep on talking. He said, you be the best fresh mood you can be. If that takes your game to the next level, you continue to be that, but understand how to get that done. So a teacher, 
a nurturer and just a person that's there to, to like I said, there to make sure you get the best out of yourself. You, you know what, hey, Smooth, so just, just what Smooth just said, so my rookie year, man, I came out and uh, we were playing the Kansas City Chiefs and I and I had the big hit against Priest Holmes. I went out and I knocked Priest Holmes out and Priest was out literally for almost two commercial breaks. And mm-hmm. you know, I get up, I'm, I'm young. I just knocked out, you know, somebody who I actually looked up, Priest is one of my favorite players to watch. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yelling, I'm screaming. And, you know, we, the defense go up to the sideline because, you know, we getting off the field. It's a timeout. He's on, he's on the ground. And while in the middle of me celebrating and I'm all hyped up and jacked up from this big hit, you know, Marty grabs me by the face mask and brings me here. He said, he says, Sean, that was a hell of a hit, but don't, re- don't forget that this guy has family and friends that's watching him right now. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was, uh, that, that was Marty Schoenheimer. That was, that was him in a nutshell, uh, he was hard as he was hard as nails. He'll come down on you. He'll he'll come to me one day in training camp after a hard week of practice and tap me on the back and tell me to take these you know three or four periods off or not don't do nine on seven or or, seven or whatever it is. But then the next day he'll be lying. He'll call me out before practice started to do Oklahoma drill, and <laughs> you know that was that was just him. That was just yeah. him, man. And you know I miss him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean. Like- he uh he finished strong in DC and like I said Daniel Snyder made the mistake of letting him go. I remember going, I went to where they lived. I was the only guy who knew where they lived, and I went to the door and I think uh, his son answered and said, "Yeah, coach ain't talking today." And I was like, "I get it." And then I heard him say from the back, "I'm sorry, I just don't feel like talking." I'm like, "I got it, dude. I got it. We're good." Um, in that vein of knocking out Priest Holmes, who was that one running back? that you faced and you, you either on the schedule or in the weeks coming up, you're like, man, I hate this guy. Who was that back? <laughs> not, not hate him, but hated to play against him. That was AP. Yeah. That was Adrian oh, Peterson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, t- listen, in 2007, when he, when he broke that record against us, I thought he was never going to stop running. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I, if, if they didn't blow the whistle, he'll be running right now. Like he'll still be running right now because and I and I talked to AP about this plenty of times. And I say, AP, what what was go, what 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 made you run like that? Because I I played against a lot of guys, but I never right. seen nobody run like that. And when I tell you, he was just getting angry after contact with other people hitting them, and he would just start digging and running harder. And I, three times at least over the last seven years, I've asked AP that we got together. I said, just tell me one more time, what was what went through your head that day? <laughs> And hey, uh, he was running like a slave. He was running like Harry Tuckman. <laughs> then, then he literally, he literally had this balance when he ran. He ran very violent, right? He had this up and down thrust when he ran. Yeah. So it'd be for me to cut him low, he'll be bringing his thigh up to, to hit me in the shoulder pad. So he makes it hard for you. He makes it bad for the tackler. But I have to say one person, Brandon Jacobs, when I when we had to play the dime, yeah. we played a three, three times a year. I'd be like, this dude is trying to kill me. All right, this dude is like literally, because he used to balloon the 300 pounds in the wintertime. Oh, 100%. Wow. 100%. Wow. That's a whole lot of business decisions by you, Fred, right? Hey, look, I'll put put, uh, uh, Jerome Bettis up there too, my rookie year coming into it. I I, I didn't see anything like that. And obviously he was on the way out. But man, let me tell you, he was running, he was probably 275 back there in that backfield. That's, that's yep. a lot of load there. So bad, Jerome body was so bad that you couldn't wrap your arms around. There's nowhere to, to grab him. Man. Ain't nowhere to get him. It was nowhere to you, get him. 
You were defensive rookie of the year, and this year's defensive rookie of the year is Chase Young uh, for the Washington football team. Um, yeah. I know you watch football. I know you watched him. Um, he's just a different cat. And, and from every standpoint, because of the greatness of NFL films, we saw him walk out on the field uh, to Taylor Heineke and say, dude, you're balling, right? Like this guy's the, doesn't make any sense, but he's out there doing everything as a captain. What did, what did you make of his play and the potential for this young man? Well, you know, it's crazy, Chick. Uh, uh, coach Bill, Coach, you know, Bill Johnson, who who coached me in high school, mm-hmm. was his teacher in high school. Oh, wow. So Coach Bill, when I was, yeah, so when he was, te- when, when uh, Chase Young was, in high school, Coach Bill would always tell me about him. Now, for years, man, you come out and it, people are always looking for a comparison, right? To compare it like, hey, man, this is next, mm-hmm. you know, Sean Merriman, this is next Fred Smooth, this is next whoever it is coming out. And so you hear so many times because you get some of these, some of these guys just disappear and they don't, they don't actually pan out to be who everybody hyped them up to be. So I just stopped listening, like, oh, this guy's supposed to be the next this, this guy. Right. So Coach Bill was telling me, he said, he said, uh, he says, Sean, I'm telling you, this is the guy. This is the guy. Watch what I tell you. This is the guy. And his freshman year at Ohio State, or actually not even freshman year because I didn't pay attention much then. His sophomore year at Ohio State, I called Coach Bill back and I said, hey, you wasn't lying. This was <laughs> this was like two years later. Yeah. I called him and I said, hey, you, you wasn't lying about this dude. This dude is a freakish athlete. And more important uh, to being a, a freakish athlete, you look at his work ethic, man. Watch Anybody can walk through the door and look good, right? They can be 6'4", 275, you know, 70 pounds and, and, and 8% body fat and just look like a stud. But when I watch him, his biggest parts of his game, I love the way he trailed to the ball. Mm-hmm. The way yeah. he changed direction to run down the field. That's what he's going to get sacks. When you're that big and that athletic, you're going to rack mm-hmm. up some sacks. I don't care what you're looking at. But when they double team you and you got to scrape down the line of scrimmage and take on an uh, uh, inside pulling guard just so you can be in your gap, and do those things, that's when I'm like, man, this dude is special because he's willing to go out and make the big play. And he also will trail and, and run down somebody on the backside reverse and keep trailing downfield 25 yards until you get him. So those those are the plays that uh, that I kind of based what I think he's going to do in the future. So he's going to be defensive player of the year at some point, um, you know, whether it's next year or the year after. Uh, he, he's going to be up for a lot of awards. And he's going, he's going to set a record, man. I mean, he really is because he has it to, to, to be in that spot. I got to ask you, too, about y'all. I got to go back to y'all fighting snapping turtles. I always wondered this. I, for Maryland to be such a great school, why can they always have these anomalies? Like, you are an anomaly. You come through, you flash the place. Bernie, anomaly. Come through, flash the place. Stephon Diggs, come through, flash the place. So you have these stars constantly, but y'all are not constantly winning. And you have one of the best recruiting backyards you got you got virginia you got maryland you got dc there's no excuses why can't the fighting turtles dominate football what's going on well i'll be straight up man we we lacked in the past right uh and even even some parts right before loxley came in they were like depth they lacked depth like when you go to ohio state and and um and 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 uh alabama and all these other big schools they got their second and third string guys are four or four stars. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we, we'll have Vernon Davis, we'll have DeQuail Jackson, we'll have a Randy Starks and all these guys that come in. But the problem sometimes what happens in that situation, the guy behind them is is a walk-on or yeah. just barely getting on working for a scholarship instead of 
you know, that that guy go down, you got a, a, a four-star, a five-star recruit that's right behind him, ready to go. And so in the past, man, that's where we lacked. We lacked, we had great players and we we couldn't put together like great teams. But I, I tell you this, man, in practice, especially when I was there, practice were harder, harder than the games. Yeah. I mean, hell, Ralph Region would run us into the, you know, we, we were nuts out there. We were banging all the time and we had, we were going one-on-one. I had to run with Vernon Davis every day in practice and go against oh. Stefan Heyer, who yep. before the injury was was a, a, a hell of a country, a hell of, hell of a tackle in the country. No, so, no, he played with us. Stefan played here in Washington with me. Big oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. But and, and you know, he, he I think I don't know when he exactly had the injury. I think it was in college, but before that injury, man, I mean, we had some epic battles every single day in practice. I will yeah. go to pass rushing him, and then they would turn me right around and I'll have to run on the seven route to cover Vernon. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the NFL, I'm like, damn, this is easy. You can't yeah, you all I gotta do is pass rush and drop in the flats. Man, I, man, give me give me 12 sacks right now. Just just mark me down. <laughs> For 12, minimal. Start me uh, off at 12. If this all I got to do, start me off at 12. Hey, I tell you uh, what, be- y'all got to stop letting Penn State run this, this backyard, too. I never understood why these kids like Penn State. Like, Penn State would come rob this area of talent. Well, I mean, but you know what? Before locks, that was the case. And, I, you know, obviously, I, I, locks is already doing uh, – Mike Locks is already doing a lot of stuff for the school. I mean, tons yeah. – Different initiatives, you know, for, for advocating for black coaches. He's doing he's doing a lot for yeah. for the for the program, a lot for the area. But it takes a couple of years before you start getting everybody on board, right? So you you're still dealing with with what you had before, and you kind of got to weed everything out a little bit and start implementing what you bring. But I can tell you, in the next couple of years, man, everybody at DC, Maryland, Virginia, they're gonna be go- they're going to Maryland. I mean, that's just gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're on. They're on the rise here. All right. Before I let you go, what's the next big thing for Sean Merriman? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to announce the names, man. Once we once we're able to get going here with the league in uh, in California, um, I'm going to announce the names and, and the guys that's transitioning from other sports, and people are going to be shocked. It's it's um you know NFL players that's that, that's known really? that uh you know that's, that's that's you know made a name for themselves on the field now cr- transitioning into MMA. So for me, that's that's cool because uh, you know I've I made the transition over the years. I love I love this fight business more than anything. I love everything about it. Uh, and then the second part is is that try to try to find ways to to give guys this second chance, man. When you get done, you know um, it ain't it only have to be anything financially. It's more of we need something to go train at, something else to do to kind of get our you know us back on track, man. So that's that's going to be pretty cool for me. Well, I tell you what, let, me, let me be your announcer for your lights out league. Let me be your Snoop Dogg to bring out all the people there. <laughs> well, you, but see, that's that's my ultimate thing, right? Because you know, I I've been around this fight business, man, for about thirteen years now. And, and even when I was playing, I was around it. I was just around a lot of the big uh, MMA guys, the Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture's, and the Tito Ortiz's. All all these mm-hmm. legends, man. They used to come down to the games. I used to you know hang out with them, and I used to be around the business a lot. Uh, one thing that I do hope to have happen is if you find some of these guys who know the fight game and know know the announcing part of it enough where mm-hmm. somebody can do both because there's not a mm-hmm. whole lot out there to understand the industry, understand the sport. But I, I, football is still king in this country and always will be. Um, but, you know, fighting is a international sport. So there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of opportunity there. 
Yep. John, man, I, I tell you what, man, um, and I and I say this to, to Vernon as well. I've you know, I've, having covered you guys from high school and college, uh, I just very proud of the men that you guys have become, uh, and you become. You talk, you talked business back at Maryland. You were already talking about business before mm-hmm. you even got to the NFL. You've you've had that in your head. So I'm just a lot of folks here are really proud of the of the person that you've become. Um, and that you've been for a long time, but, uh, we all, we all appreciate, uh, you spending some time with us and, and lending your perspective on, on Marty Schottenheimer. Hey, chick, as always, man, we go back a long time. Appreciate your support. Smoot, my dude, uh, I got to get out there and maybe, uh, when we, when we get back to Noma, I'm sure you're going to have a studio somewhere and, and, and doing all your next steps. Yeah, yeah, sure let, let, let me know when you come back this way. I'll let you know when I'm in Cali. I, I actually be in Cali probably like two, three weeks. I, I'll let you know when I'm out there. Done deal. You got it. Freddie, are you allowed to travel? Uh, yes, yes, I am. You know I'm an international player. We, hey, I got a passport to the moon. You know how it go. California is not international. I know it. Stop hating. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Stop, stop all that hating, side. You Amish. Everything is California to me. Uh, so, man, thanks very much. We appreciate your time. Uh, and uh, we'll look for what's uh, your next announcement, all right? Okay, you got it. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate all right. it. All right, all that's right. Sean Merriman, uh, former, former Terp. Former hey, NFL we done had, had some great yes, man. We keep hey, we done had some great yes, man. Uh, and, and it's going to keep coming here on uh, That's Your Opinion. Um, for those folks who don't know, uh, I think we're going to make an announcement here relatively soon um, mm-hmm. once once we have a little chat um, and look for some things to come there on the on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, Josina was great. Um, you know, and there was – and. As I said to her at the top, you know, she was very, very guarded about her personal life. So the rumor was that she went to Blair. I'm like, but I haven't seen a thing about it. And even Blair doesn't talk about it, you know. And yeah. so I had to get that out there. And, and sure enough, she went to high school with be 14 years after I left. She came in there. You uh, like the dirty janitor in the high school. Now you just I am. Yes. Yes. No yes. No, I was. <laughs> I did not hang out after I left. I, actually, I'm not in the parking lot a lot. No, that's a different story. Um, but she's she's amazing. You know, she got unceremoniously let go by ESPN, um, and but just had such a. And I didn't get the chance to talk with her about this, but her first live shot mm-hmm. on ESPN. Yep. I remember tuning in because here she, you know, she was always at at the park, right? And she, I yep. got her who her running buddy was another young lady. They were always at the games, and you're like, you're wondering, who are these two short little girls? I said girls. <laughs> in, it's inappropriate. These short women, what are like they doing? Like, you sound like I an old lady like that. That is what you sound but, but you could see that she was already setting herself up, right? And uh, so then she gets the job at ESPN, so I'm, I'm going to watch her first live shot. And it's, it's, it's a disaster at the top. She just mm-hmm. – way too many things are going on in her head, and she started – and you could tell that it was spinning out of control. And it was one of the greatest veteran moves I have ever seen in my business. Hannah Storm is the anchor back in the studio. And she literally says, Josina, Josina, I know it's crazy out there with all the noise in the stadium going on right now. So just take a beat, take a breath, gather yourself, let's go. And while she's talking and doing this, I mean, I mean, Hannah knew what she was doing, right? She was just letting her take that breath. And then when she turned around and started the report again, it was spot on, bam, bam. And I remember texting Hannah Storm or tweeting to her, you know, a DM going, that's just a lot of folks in our business wouldn't 
didn't do that. They let him crash and burn and then yep. just move on. And she took the time on national television to do that. I forgot to mention it to her because I'm sure that she was a priest of it, but we've all been through it. You know, it's like, it's like getting burnt, you know, in a, you know, the rookie in the NFL. You're like, uh, Oh no, it's lonely. Assignment. It's lonely. And you got to watch right. all week long. You getting burnt. Oh, I, even your, your cousin calling you, your, your little child calling daddy. Of course it's me got most. Yeah. So like if you, if, they, if you had one of those games, as soon as you got to your phone, did you get like 30 texts from your boys going, What happened? I'd be like, why y'all ask that question? You've seen what happened. The dude burnt me. Like, what you want me to tell you? He did? Yeah, you've seen what happened. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a good time had by all. As they say, Josina Anderson, we thank her. And we thank uh, Sean Merriman, uh, who, who I said, uh, just he was business oriented from the word go. Uh, he's been talking about he, he beat up on, uh, I believe, on Nike. He beat up on Nike. They tried to steal the yeah, uh, lights out, right? He won yep. that court case. Hello? Yep. That's a big old win. Um, all right, boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got no football, but we're coming back next week. Um, um, we're, I'm trying. I'm not even going to say who I'm trying to get. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll circle back, and we'll do this again next week. All right. Brent Smoot, Cy Fenwick, Chick Hernandez. This is That's Your Opinion, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.